0614-104-0303. This is the Morning Drive on News Talk WVMT. Welcome back to the Morning Drive, everybody. Kurt and Anthony here. Joining us online now is author Mike Richmond, author of a new book out called Biography, George Allen, A Football Life. Good morning, Mike. Good morning. Thank you very much for having me on. So if you're a football fan, I'll tell you what, you're going to want to check this book out. George Allen was a legendary coach back in the day. Um, but, Mike, I want to start asking you this question. While he, he never won a, a Super Bowl, actually, he was in the Super Bowl and lost that time to the to the undefeated Miami Dolphins back in, what was this, 1973? Uh, right. Well, the game was played in January of 73, yes. Yes, that's right. 72 season, but bleeding into 73. Right. Um, but what was it about George Allen, despite his great winning percentage and everything else, he was very controversial back in the day. I remember that. I haven't had a chance to read the whole book, but I know that he was very controversial. What, what made him so controversial? Well, George Allen wanted to do things his way. Uh, he, he wanted uh, full control of the team, which actually was granted to him when he, when he coached the Redskins. And he also had a lot of control when he coached the Los Angeles Rams in the 60s. And uh, his, his ability to spend a lot of money for mostly veteran players, I mean, that rubbed his owners the wrong way. He didn't have a good relationship with Dan Reeves, the owner of the Rams, and he... Uh, uh, he had an antagonistic relationship with Edward Bennett Williams, the owner that he dealt with with the Redskins, and it was a lot because of Allen's insistence on doing things his way in terms of making all these trades and, and spending a lot of money for these veteran players. And um, and he was also basically his own person. He didn't he didn't socialize a whole lot. He he had a personality conflict with with Reeves. They were two totally different people. And Williams, he really didn't socialize with as well. So. Uh, but the, the big spending was a, a major part of the uh, of the friction that led to the friction that he had with with those owners. And didn't the uh, Redskins owners fire him once, only to bring him back because some of the players did a press conference basically saying if they don't bring George Allen back, we're quitting or we're or we're walking out or something. That was when he coached the Los Angeles. Rams. Oh, that was Los Angeles. Okay. Right, right. He was fired for the first time after the 1968 season by Reeves, who, uh, but as I just mentioned, he, he couldn't stand Allen for his big spending ways. Allen, for, uh, Allen also had the authority to trade players, trade um, existing players on the roster, and uh, the Rams drafted a uh, Hall of Fame quarterback out of UCLA named Gary Beban uh, in the 1968 draft, and Allen immediately traded him to the Redskins, and Reeves didn't like that. I mean, he... He thought Beban was uh, going to sell a lot of tickets uh, at the Los Angeles Coliseum, you know, that, uh, to sell out that, that stadium. And, and Allen immediately knew uh, that Beban couldn't play in the NFL, and he turned out to be right. Um, but, uh, but Reeves didn't like that at all. So anyway, after the 68 season, Reeves fired him for the first time, and Allen immediately called for a press conference at a Los Angeles hotel, and he told his players about it. And about 20 of his veteran Ram players showed up, and in one of the surreal moments in George Allen's life, they they basically said, "Listen, if you don't rehire George Allen, we're quitting." And uh, you had guys like uh, Roman Gabriel and Deacon Jones, Merlin Olson, Ed Metter, uh, all of his you know his great veteran players. Uh, they were um, uh, in '67. He had coached them to an 11-2 season. The previous year, I believe they were 
ten three and one. So they had had some really good years under him. And sure enough, um, Reeves rehired Allen several weeks later. Although he did say it, it didn't have anything to do with what the players said, but I'm sure in a way it did. I mean, if if your players are quitting and you're going to fall back to uh, to mediocrity, then you certainly don't want that. So he did rehire Allen. If you're a fan of football and you have a question, give us a call. A question to Mike Richmond, who is author of the new book, George Allen, A Football Life. Got a question for Mike about football and, and this great book? Give us a call on the McKenzie Country Classic Hotline, 888 Mike, uh, I want to ask, also ask you about um, Coach George Allen's relationship with, at the time, President Richard Nixon. Um, I remember... Nixon actually calling Allen and giving him a suggesting a play that he used in the Super Bowl. <laughs> yes, that is that is the story that a lot of people believe actually happened. And what I learned and what I wrote in the book, I fully explored that whole situation. Um, uh, Nixon visited Redskins Park in 1971. He wanted to give the, the team a pep talk. the The Redskins at the time they had gone winless in their previous three games and. Uh, and Nixon and Allen were friends. They knew each other dating back to the early 50s when Allen coached at Whittier in the Los Angeles area. And Nixon, um, he, was a, he was a graduate of Whittier. So the two met at an NCAA function. And, and then when they later intersected in the nation's capital, they, they stayed in touch, of course. So Nixon wanted to go and give the team a pep talk. So he called the Redskins. They approved it. He, he went, and uh, at that practice, from what I was told, Marv Levy, who was the special teams coach of the Redskins at the time, I interviewed him about that. He said that Allen fed him a couple of plays, one of which was the end around to Roy Jefferson that was later called in that playoff game against the 49ers at the, the opening round playoff game that the Redskins lost. Uh, the end around in, in the actual game, Jefferson was dropped for about a 10-yard loss um, it, the Redskins didn't score a touchdown at the end of the first half. They were very close to the 49ers' goal line at the time, and uh, their field goal attempt uh, was botched. So, um, But that's how that whole thing developed, is that Allen actually fed Nixon the play to make him look like a, an astute football uh, mind. I always thought that was the real story, that Nixon had devised <laughs> this play, and I remember, I remember reading it in the news at the time. But so uh, it, but, it was a little different. Well, I'll, add, I'll just add a little, little uh, uh, another factoid about that whole story. When it, when it got closer to the playoff game, Nixon actually called Redskins Park, and he spoke with Allen, and he spoke with quarterback Billy Kilmer, and he reiterated that he would like to see that play called at some point in the playoff game. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess in that sense, Nixon did want the play called. But that, from what I understand, what I was told and what I wrote, that was originally fed to him by Allen, by George Allen. But Nixon, I also want to add, he was a very, very intelligent mind when it came to sports. Anybody who's ever resided at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, uh, he has, uh, he's probably the most knowledgeable U.S. president ever in terms of sports, particularly football. He had like an encyclopedic knowledge of the game of football. Yeah, um, it's it's funny how quite often when we we talk to people who interview great great sports leaders, there there's an intersection with with uh, some of some of the greatest politicians as well. Um, all right, well we're going to take a quick break. Uh, we're we're, we're uh, talking to right Mike Richmond, excuse me, 
Uh, great new book. If you got a question for him, the McKenzie. It's the morning drive on FM 96.3 and AM 620. News Talk WVMT. Welcome back to the Morning Drive, everybody, where we are continuing our discussion with Mike Richmond, who is author of a new book called George Allen, A Football Life. And if you have a question for uh, Mike and this book, give us a, if you're a football fan, particularly give us a call on the McKenzie Country Classic Hotline, 888-414-0303. We're talking about uh, George Allen, legendary football coach, and also the controversy, the, the controversial George Allen. Again, just to go back a little bit more to what made him so controversial or, or was it, I'm reading some comments from some some people uh, saying that he tried to make out like every game was the biggest thing in your life. Like it was almost more, to win the game was almost more important than life itself. He was so driven that it's kind of after a while wore thin on players. Is that what really sometimes got him fired or... Uh, that he drove players crazy after a while with the, you know, I, I was reading one player saying, look, the first time he tells you it's the most important thing you've in your life. And the second time you believe it. And the third time you might believe it. But after that, you start like not believing it anymore. Right. Right. right yeah. I know Merlin Olson uh, said yeah. that uh, over the years. And there were other players that thought that as well. Uh, I don't think that's what got him fired, but uh, if there's a, a belief that that's why his players may have been worn down often toward the end of the season. I mean, he got knocked out of the playoffs uh, in, in the opening round like six times in his career. Uh, but, um, uh, yeah, I mean, he, he would tell players that. He would you know, just walk up to them in the locker room before the game and say, hey, you know, this game rests on your shoulders. And, and I mean, a lot of them, they, they really believed him. They, they went out there and they played hard for him. Uh, but they were, they were worn down uh, at the end of the season. I don't want to say it's only because of, you know, being emotionally worn down, but I also think his reliance on older players, veteran players, and his reluctance to really dip into the to the draft more. I really think that that hurt him too, in terms of not being able to to advance in the playoffs. He didn't have that that uh, ability. His players didn't have that ability to sh- go the extra yard, so to speak. Um, I mean, you look at other teams in the '70s, for instance, like the you know the great Steelers teams. They had that. Amazing draft in 1974. They drafted four future Hall of Famers, and they they signed Donnie Shell as a free agent defensive back. Uh, he's a future Hall of Famer too. So they had all those young players, that great youth. The Dallas Cowboys had great young players, and like Tony Dorsett and Randy White. Allen didn't really have that. I mean, he had these these older players who still had mileage in them. They could still play, but by the end of the season, you know, they, they didn't have that. Uh, you know, added. Uh, uh, fuel to to make that push through the playoffs. So uh, I believe that that did hurt him. And you know, I even wrote in the book. I theorized, you know, what if he had dared to be bad for a season or two? I mean, would it, would his teams have been better? I think they would have. I think if he had, he had used the draft more. And also, he didn't have an elite quarterback when he coached the Redskins. I mean, Billy Kilmer was a good game manager, but he didn't have that elite quarterback going back to the Steelers and the Cowboys. I mean, they had Terry Bradshaw and Roger Staubach, respectively. He didn't really have that. He did have Roman Gabriel when he played for the, for the Rams, and Gabriel was uh, heading toward that elite status uh, in quarterbacks. And um, like I mentioned earlier, that 67 team, 11-1-2, and 
I believe that was his, his best team coaching in his 12 seasons in the NFL, of which uh, Gabriel was the quarterback of that team. Mike, let me let me see what you think about this analogy. Um, as a football fan, but also a big baseball fan, what George Allen reminds me of is is football's version of Billy Martin. Uh, you could say that uh, there is a a real a solid comparison there. I mean, how many times was, was Martin fired? Yeah, that, he, that he was, alone, yeah. And, yeah. and and he also made out like winning was life or death, that type of thing. And he liked players right. that that were more veterans than the younger players. I think a lot uh, of similarities. Yeah. No, those are, are, are very good similarities. Yeah, Allen was fired four times alone by one team, the Los Angeles Rams. He actually was an assistant coach on the Rams in 1957. He was fired after that season. He, he, then he was fired in, after 68 and then after 1970 by the Rams. And then he was fired again by the Rams in 78. So four firings. He was I – don't, I don't think he was really fired by the Redskins, but uh, – um, he had that uh, that bad relationship with Williams that uh, sort of led to their their parting and uh, but yeah that, there is that that strong comparison between the two and you know Martin I, I guess he had an antagonistic relationship with Steinbrenner if that's correct and, oh yeah no yeah doubt so about it. George Allen had this very similar relationships with his owners I mean he wanted to do things his way and uh, you know there was also the unethical. Things that that George Allen did as a head coach too the the spying the um, uh, trading the same draft draft picks for for different players uh, he, he did those things too that rubbed his owners the wrong way but uh, yeah that that's uh, it's actually a very good analogy between Billy Martin and uh, and George Allen and he, and he also engineered the the greatest turnaround in football history from one year to the next didn't he with the Rams. Well, they were uh, three and eleven the year before, if I'm correct, 1965, uh, and he took over in '66. They they were eight and six in 1966. I don't know. I can't say that's the greatest turnaround in NFL history. I actually didn't write that in the book, but uh, it was it was certainly a remarkable turnaround when he became the Rams' coach. I mean, they were for most of the previous decade they were a bad to mediocre team. They were a partying team. I mean, Dan Reeves kind of uh, set the tone i mean he was a he was a drinker and there was a lot of partying on that team and uh there wasn't enough focus going on among the the coaches and, and the players but when allen took over i mean he was a disciplinarian i mean they had these long tedious practices in the southern california heat and he really he he really um got them into gear to become a, a strong contender in the nfl that 11 one and two rams team in 1967 i mean they were primed go the dis- distance if they hadn't had that emotional fallout at the end of the season they they had a major win over the green bay packers in the next to last game on a they won that game on a blunt a blocked punt uh in the final minute and and then they beat the uh they, they demolished the baltimore colts in the season ending game that year a great colts team that went 11 one and two and actually didn't go to the playoffs which would be unthinkable today but uh so they were. Uh, they had that emotion. There was like an emotional letdown heading into the playoffs, and they got knocked out by the Packers in the first round. Right. Hey, but, what, was there a story behind uh, Coach George Allen's in, apparently insatiable appetite for ice cream? <laughs> <laughs> yes, there is. And actually, you're not the the first person who's asked about that. Uh, uh, he he loved ice cream, and the reason being, I'm, I'm sure he liked the taste of it, but the reason being is he wanted food that was very easy to swallow. Because he want he wanted to 
focus all of his time on coaching football. And this goes back to what you said earlier about, you know, football being the most important thing in his life above, above family and God. Um, you know, football was his thing. I mean, he was a, you know, 14 to 16 hour a day workaholic coach and, uh, he wanted that, that easy to swallow food. And one of his nicknames was ice cream. And actually, in his, uh, rookie coaching season with the Rams in 1966, uh, Leanne Merriweather, uh, the actress, uh, who played, uh, Catwoman in the Batman movie, mm-hmm. she came out and, and, uh, and gave him a gallon of ice cream. I, it was pictured by one of the, uh, the newspapers, could have been the LA Times. But, um, yeah, he loved ice cream and other foods that were easy, easy to swallow. Like he would, he would peel off the ends of bread. He didn't, he didn't want to be chewing the ends of bread. I mean, it sounds like, you know, he had these uh, strange uh, idiosyncrasies, but that was George Allen. Well, you know, and it's it, it, what an interesting life. And, and you know, you, you look at the discipline and you look at all the some of those traits. He would have been a great mentor for young players. Uh, so I, I, you think about it and you look, oh, he had the most he had the winning most seasons, but didn't have the depth. They just couldn't keep it going. And then the structure that he provided, it would have been interesting if he had uh, taken a chance on some of those drafts to see how they would have developed, you know? Oh, absolutely, yes. I, I think that, uh, that that would have pushed him farther uh, through the playoffs, in my opinion. And actually, in terms of younger players, I mean, his very last season of coaching was with Long Beach State University in California. I mean, this is one of the worst Division One programs when he took over in 1990. He coached them to their first winning season in five years. They finished 6-5. and five. So he proved that his coaching methods at that point Still worked in this in this go around with, with much younger players. His methods of coaching uh, were still effective because he hadn't coached at all uh, since uh, coaching in the USFL in 1984. So, uh, but yeah, he t- he he could work with those younger players. He actually had a few good young players that he drafted. I mean, Mike Thomas was the uh, a running back. He was the NFL Rookie of the Year in 1975, but he didn't dip into the draft enough to yeah. really you know have that have that depth that he needed. Well, Mike, uh, appreciate it. If uh, people want to uh, reach out or learn more about uh, some of the other things you've written about, what's the best way to get in touch with you? Sure. Um, my website is MikeRichmanJournalist.com, and Richmond is R-I-C-H-M-A-N. I have a Twitter handle, at uh, MSR underscore journalist. Got it. All right. Well, thanks for joining us today. It's going to be it's fascinating. It uh, looks like a great book, uh, and uh, we appreciate you taking the time. Mike Richmond, Mike Richmond, author of George Allen, A Football Life. It's a great book, and uh, Christmas time's coming. The holidays are coming. Great time to buy a book. If you've got a family member or a friend that's a football fan, great book to buy for them. Thank you very much. You betcha. Thanks for joining us. Okay, we're going to check in with Fox News. Amanda's got the headlines. Uh, we've got the warm forecast coming for you. Yep, and we'll be back.